saying, Amen. Amen. Hey, everybody. Aren't you glad you came to church today? So, just a heads up, I am going to sit, though I, everything in me does not want to sit. I woke up on Friday with major, weird, unexplainable pain in my left foot that decided to move over to my right foot in the exact same spot. So, not sure what it is, but this is why I'm sitting. Now, having said that, please don't spend the whole service Googling and researching what it is that might be wrong with my foot. I'm going to be okay. Don't let me being hurt distract you. Sean was joking all morning. He's tempted to play doctor and figure out and diagnose me. Don't miss what God has for you because you're so worried about my foot. I had to tell you what's wrong with me, though, because I'm going to sit down today. But like James said, we're going to continue on the Hearing God series and Pastor Ron, last week, he really laid this, a solid foundation for why it's so important to hear from God and how God wants to speak to us because we're in a relationship with him. It's not really a relationship if it's just a monologue or if it's just one-sided. God desires to speak to us as well as hear from us when we speak to him. And so that's what today is all about, continuing on. And so one important thing that Pastor Ron talked about last week that I find so crucial to mention again is, is God's main focus for us. I'd be interested to hear your answer if I could just go around the room and ask, what do you think God's main focus for you is? What is his main focus for you in life? Would you say it's to make you happy? Is it to make you feel a certain way? Is it to make you have a lot of money? Is it to make you, I don't know what you would say. All of us probably would have varying answers, but in today's society, in today's world, it's very easy to get that mixed up. It's very easy to not really know what God is really after. And according to scripture, what God is, he's after a lot of things, but what he's predominantly after is to make you and I look like Jesus. He, he is after transforming you and I by the Spirit to, to shape us and mold us to look like Christ. What this means is to make us look less and less like us and more and more like Jesus. To decrease and to look less like our sinful, crazy, hostile at times really angry in traffic, all of these things that tend to come out. What Jesus is after is transforming us to look less like that and more like what we see Jesus look like in Scripture. Now, for some of you, you knew that. For some of you, it might be new to you. But regardless, he's after growth. He's after transformation. And so when God speaks to us, Again, this is not to say that he can't speak to us in certain or in other certain aspects, but when he speaks to us, he is after most of the time growing us, transforming us. When God wants to speak through us, it's to grow and encourage another person into transformation themselves. And so this is so important to know, Pastor Ron, he drilled on it last week, and it's something to keep mentioning. And so with that in mind, 
Wouldn't you guys agree that if when the Lord speaks, he speaks for our growth and transformation, wouldn't you agree that we should just give everything we have to hearing from God? Every day, we should be actively seeking the voice of God in his word, the voice of God through our Christian brothers and sisters, the voice of God where he speaks to our spirit, like Pastor Ron just mentioned, any and every way that God speaks, there's no one way. He speaks in many ways, which is what this series is all about. No matter how he speaks, we should be actively pursuing it. We should be hungry. Lord, speak to me. I need your voice today. I need something. I need you to speak to me today. And tomorrow, I need you to speak to me tomorrow. And the next day, I need you to speak to me. Our, our lives should be anchored in the voice of God speaking to us. And I remember back in 2020, anybody remember 2020? <laughs> uh, I remember in January of 2020, back before all the, the crazy stuff happened, I was in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I was actually with Pastor Ron's pastor, Pastor Larry Stockstill. And I got to do this training with a bunch of other pastors from America with Pastor Larry. And if you know who Pastor Larry is, he's just... He is who all people in ministry want to follow and be like. He's multi-year, 40, 50, or I think 60 years of ministry. He's been faithful, no immoral failures, no craze, just been faithful and just served people. And so in a room with him, of course, everybody has all these questions. Pastor Larry, what's your top piece of advice to young guys in ministry? And I remember when we got to ask that question. His response was this. He said, God doesn't need a bunch of talent. He doesn't need a bunch of great decision makers in ministry. All he needs is a bunch of really good listeners for his voice. That's all he needs. He doesn't need talent. He doesn't need skill. He doesn't need people that are really good under pressure. All he really needs is for you to listen. Because if you can listen, he will give you the answer. He'll give you the decision. So I remember... It sounds so simple, but that was life-changing for me, that if I can just be a really good listener, which sometimes I have a hard time doing, you can ask my wife about that, but if I can just be a really good listener, God doesn't need me to, to try and take control of everything or feel like the weight of every decision is on my shoulders. All God needs is for me just to listen, and He's got it. He will give me direction. He will give you direction. And so, again, once again, I just want to see a church full of really good listeners. And that's what this series is all about. Amen? However, what if we actually may be doing things that prevent us from hearing God? What if without meaning to, we actually have inner blocks or outer blocks that are actually hindering us from listening to the voice of God. And that's what today's message is all about. Why we may not be hearing from God. Before we talk about how, how to and the many different ways, it would be kind of weird to talk about that without actually addressing what may prevent you from hearing God. And so God is speaking. Sometimes the reason we can't hear him is because of us. We're, we, are, we are the problem. And so to help illustrate this, I want to do a, a, a uh, test, a experiment. There's the word. Um, so 
I really hope this works. I think it's going to. So what we're going to do is I'm going to play a sound from my phone. It's loud enough that I think everybody will hear it. But, but if you hear the sound when I play it, I want you to raise your hand. Keep your hand up. And as the frequency goes higher, and as you can't hear it anymore, I want you to put your hand down. And so hand up if you hear it, hand down if you cannot hear it. Are you ready? Got the instruction? It's okay, and if you're not, you know, outwardly expressive or charismatic, you can put your hand up. Nobody's going to raise your hand if you hear it. Raise your hand if you don't. Are you ready? Here we go. Okay, ready? Put your hand down when you can't hear it. Here we go. Wow. You can still hear that? <laughs> I can't hear it at all. Here we go. You still hear it? Your ears still intact? are still up. You still hear that? Oh, hands are dropping. If you're online and you can't hear this, I'm really sorry. <laughs> it's better to be in church. Oh my gosh, you guys still hear that? Still. Wow. Still, don't be lying. <laughs> All right. Still here? Okay, there we go. <laughs> awesome. So that was an experiment. Congratulations. You guys did great. Give yourselves a hand. You participated well. <laughs> so towards, as time progressed... Many of you started to put your hands down. And the reason that you put your hands down, what that means is that you are old. <laughs> but as the sound went higher, frequency was higher, you started to see the hands drop. Now, the reason that is, is, is actually what is happening in your ears is they have grown dull. Your ears, over time, have progressed. They have grown weary. They have been through a lot, and they have grown dull. And where once you may be used to hear that frequency, now you can no longer. But, and I, you know, I tried to scan the room. A lot of the hands that remained were younger people. And, of course, at some point, all of our hands were down. And, and by the way, when every hand was down, the, the frequency was still playing. So like even though you couldn't hear it, it was still playing. And so I did that just to have fun and see if that worked. But also to show you that the same thing applies spiritually in two, two different aspects. Sometimes 
Others are hearing God, but we aren't because our ears, our spiritual ears have grown dull. We've been through something. We've been through a lot. Something in life has caused our spiritual ears to grow dull. And where once we maybe used to hear God, now we don't. Or we look at other people and they're hearing from God and we aren't. It's because your ears are spiritually dull. Also, all of us, in some form or fashion many times, sometimes God is trying to speak to us. The sound is happening and we just can't hear it for many different ways. So whether your ears are spiritually dull or you just can't hear God, there are many reasons why this is the case. And we could take an entire series just talking about reasons why we don't hear God. But today I want to zone in on just three. So here are three reasons why you may not be hearing the voice of God. Things that may contribute to your spiritual ears being dull or just unable to hear from God. Are you with me? Okay. So the first thing is this. You may not be hearing God because of your flesh. Because of your flesh. You may not be hearing God clearly because your flesh is too noisy. So the flesh, what I mean by that, according to scripture, the flesh is the unredeemed inner will and desire, which is what Jesus is actively seeking to transform. We just talked about that. Jesus is after transformation. So if you're a believer in Christ, you are justified. You are declared righteous before God. When God looks at you, he sees complete righteousness. There is no more obtaining more righteousness. You are completely righteous in Jesus. That's the beauty of the gospel. Once you have faith in Jesus, boom, you're declared righteous. Now, how many of you would say, not only am I declared righteous, but every part of my life is righteous. I have no sin. I have no struggle. No. Not many of us could, or many of us would say, no, that's not the case. So what's happening now is the process of transformation. People call it sanctification. You are being sanctified. You are being brought to look like Christ, grown. And so what Jesus is after is to redeem this flesh side of us. We all know what this is. I don't really have to give examples. We all know what this flesh is. It's in all of us. It's the part of us that's in constant competition with God's will and God's desire for us. The flesh is tricky. And here's where it gets more tricky. Sometimes the flesh, what makes it so tricky is oftentimes we can tend to confuse God's voice with our own fleshly voice. So we mask selfish desires with God's voice. I'm offended. I hate submitting to leadership. And so the Lord told, tells me I can just leave. I don't have to submit to any authority in my life. Even though his word has already spoken to that pretty clearly. I, I just, God told me. So I mask God told me with a real flesh desire. Another example, you see it a lot, is I really don't like my spouse anymore. They get on my nerves. The way he talks or the way she whatever, I really just am tired of it. And so I just want to move on. And I feel peace from God about it. 
even though God has already spoken to that. So it's, it's masking the voice of God with a fleshly motive. That's where the flesh gets tricky. It's because we can, we can think it's God, but really it's our flesh. And we have to be careful not to call it our flesh and, and not to keep going on this trail. But this is, why, this is what makes prophecy so tricky. It's like Pastor Ron said last week, it's what makes God told me so tricky. Because sometimes it's just someone mishearing God or masking it with the flesh. And I always love to say this is why subjective words from God need an objective word from God to compare them to. This is why we have the scripture. So when I hear from God, if it aligns with this, then it might be God. If it does not align with this, it might not be God. And Pastor Ron is going to teach on that in a few weeks. So more on that to come. But the point is, our flesh is tricky. Our flesh not only deceives us, but it almost acts as a barrier, blocking us from hearing God truly. The flesh is an enemy. And so if you're operating a lot out of flesh in your life, perhaps this contributes to your inability to hear from him. And so let's, let's see this in the Word. Let's read Galatians 5, 16 through 24. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, the Apostle Paul, speaking to Christians, he says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. The desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So Paul here is saying to the Galatians that walking in the way of Jesus, which is by the Spirit, is the opposite of walking in the flesh. They are in opposition to each other. It's kind of, I don't know why this came to my mind. It's kind of like if you say you're a UT Vols fan, but you're decked out in Alabama gear. That just doesn't make sense. You just can't, you can't do that. I don't know why that example came to my mind, but you have spirit, balls, flesh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not. <laughs> but you know what I'm getting. The two just don't go together. And Paul is trying to make that really clear. You have spirit, you have flesh, and they're in opposition to one another. And then Paul goes on to list what it looks like to walk in the flesh in verse 19. And as I read this list, ask the Holy Spirit if there's anything on this, in this scripture that, may, that he may want to highlight to you that you may need to bring to the Lord. Now before I read this, I really want you to hear that. A lot of times we don't do that. We don't bring ourselves before God and his scripture and, and humbly ask, Lord, is there really something in here that violates your will? It's very easy to come to church. I'm here. I made it. It's awesome. Whew. I am such a good person. I made it to church. Like, that's awesome. But really, the reason we are here is, again, growth. Lord, change me. 
I look like I do today and I want to look more like you. And, and the way we know that is we weigh it against what he's trying to speak to us. So in verse 19, as I read these, ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, is there anything in me that is violating your word? Verse 19, now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, like having sex outside of marriage, pornography addiction, these things kind of fit into that category. Sensuality, it's living by your senses. If I want it, I get it. Impulsive. Verse 20, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, enmity, it's like hatred. If you hate someone, this is not God, this is flesh. You got strife, strife, just to help you unpack, it means to be offended at someone and then be, to be unwilling to reconcile. You got jealousy, fits of anger, rivalry, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, which means to drink too much alcohol to the point you are drunk. This is not God's design. Orgies and the things like these, I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. So you have this major list from Paul. And again, I wonder, is the Holy Spirit, is he revealing anything to you? And again, it's very easy to, to hear the words, those who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That is true. If you die in those things, if you die apart from Christ, if you're not in Christ, your sins are not forgiven. But praise the Lord, by the way, I know I need to remind myself and all of us, even if we wrestle with the flesh, if you're in Christ, praise the Lord that there's grace. Amen. You fall into forgiveness. You fall into grace. You fall into Christ because he took the punishment. However, he's after our growth. And so if we're operating in these things and we see these things present in our life, the reason the Holy Spirit may be convicting you right now is to go, I'm after growing you. I want you to look more like Jesus. I want to remove this from your life and I want to replace it with me. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. This is what the Spirit is after. And so, is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? If so, then maybe this is a barrier between you really hearing the voice of God clearly. The flesh. The flesh. It, it, it causes static in the voice of God. I don't know why. I don't know how. But you just see it. Even as a pastor in a church, you see it so many times. This happening. And you, and you really get after it. It's the flesh. The flesh is the problem. And when you get that resolved, the Spirit works it out. Man, you see people hearing from the Lord. And praise God for the last verse. That we who belong to Jesus have crucified the flesh. We have crucified the flesh. We don't have to live according to to the flesh any longer. I don't know if you knew this. This might be new for a lot of people. Did you know that you have the ability 
by the Spirit to fully, fully, 100%, fully reject the way of the flesh? Now, for all of us, that's like mind-blowing. But by the Spirit, we have the ability to fully reject the way of the flesh. We can say no and yes to the Spirit. But it takes some real denying of self, which is why Jesus says in Luke 9, 23, this is my all-time favorite verse. This is somehow what, what the, how the Lord drew me to himself through Luke 9, 23, where he says, where Jesus said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily. Everybody say daily. daily. So take up his cross daily, not once a week, daily. Not once a month, not once a year, not occasionally, every day. Deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. This is what the Lord used to draw me. Hey, if you want to follow me, you're going to need to deny yourself, take up your cross, and every day just follow me. So we as Christians, the call of the Christian is to die daily. What that means is to submit and die to my flesh and follow Jesus in the spirit. The flesh is anti-God. The flesh is lazy. The flesh is world-focused. It's entertainment-driven. The flesh is a tyrant. It's never satisfied. It's always complaining. It's offended at everything. The flesh hates God. The flesh is a jerk to other people. And the flesh wants to make this life all about fun, success, success, and pleasure. And the call of the Christian is to die to those things. And here's the amazing news. When you die to those things, you actually find life. You actually find what it is you're deep down searching for, life to the fullest in Jesus. I could go all day about this, but I'm not going to spend the whole day on this point. We are called to die to our flesh, and in so doing, maybe you can hear the voice of God more clear again. Amen? So that's number one. If the Lord's working in you on that, just, man, submit your will to the Spirit and allow Him to do some transformation. Maybe you need some accountability there. Maybe you need to confess to Christian brothers and sisters and invite the body of Christ into this area, and maybe you'll find some real freedom and begin to hear the voice of God. I could tell you story after story of this happening in my own life, but we have two more reasons. So number two, the second reason you may not be hearing God clear is because of competing voices. Competing voices. So have you ever been in a conversation? Maybe it was a coffee shop. Maybe it was a restaurant. Maybe it was here at church. Maybe it was at home. Have you ever been in a conversation and somehow you just kind of catch a little bit of another conversation happening around you? And all of a sudden, you're talking to this person, but your attention leaps over to that conversation. And it's like you're looking at the person in front of you, but your ears are tuned in to that conversation. And then at some point, the person across from you says something to make you realize, oh, shoot. <laughs> so what do you think about that? Uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts? It's competing voices. It's competing side conversations that are going on 
that steal our attention away. It happens to me. Maybe it's not another conversation. Maybe it's this thing. And maybe it's, uh-huh, mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm. So what do you think? Oh, shoot. What'd you say? Say it all again. <laughs> but it's outside voices of different kinds competing for attention. The same thing happens spiritually. So Nathan Finocchio, in this book that we recommended last week, it's called Hearing God. If you want to get it, get it. It's awesome. In his book, he says on one of the pages, he says, all Christians have a voice they turn to when the going gets tough, and it seems as though God is not saying anything. This statement is so true. Really, what this, this point could be, 2A, competing voices, and 2B, impatience. We're just not patient. We get impatient, and so we turn to the voices that are constantly competing for our attention. This is what you see in 1 Samuel chapter 28. You see it in King Saul. And basically to summarize what's happening, there's this major military threat happening from the Philistines. They're coming in a different way. They normally come from this way, but now they're threatening to come from this way, and it's got King Saul totally off guard, and he needs direction on what to do. He does not know how to handle this new type of attack, and King Saul was afraid. He was full of fear for his life, for his name, for his image, for his kingdom, and we can all agree when fear creeps in, people have a tendency to start to, start to question God's voice. I mean, we see it in us. We fear the future. We fear financial ruin. We fear possible health issues. We fear life won't go the way we want it to. We fear others' opinions of us. We fear death. When life's going great, we fear it's going to change. We, all these different types of fear creep in. And I don't know about you, but when that happens, it can tend to cause you to put into question God's goodness sometimes and God's voice. Fear can crush people and tempt people not to trust the Lord and his process. And this is what's happening to King Saul. And so you get to 1 Samuel chapter 28, verse 6. All of this is happening. And it says, And when Saul inquired of the Lord, he went after the Lord for an answer. It says the Lord didn't answer him, either by dreams, by Urim, or by prophets. So Saul seeks after God, and God did not answer him the way he thought he would. He wasn't answering through dreams. He wasn't answering through Urim, which is like rolling the dice, a method in the Old Testament. And it, and it wasn't happening through prophets. So God wasn't immediately speaking, and instead of waiting, his fear in Saul, he decides to just take matters into his own hands. And he turns to an outside voice, which leads to verse 7. Tells us who he turns to. Then Saul says to his servants, Seek out for me a woman who is a medium, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servant said to him, Behold, there is a medium at Endor. And Saul turns to the medium, a consultant of the dead. And what is interesting about this moment is that King Saul, several chapters before, 
he drove out all the mediums from the city and he made it a law that nobody should consult with a medium. And now we see Saul breaking the very law that he put in place. And he seeks out the medium and the story goes. You can go read the rest. But the point is, instead of waiting on the Lord and hearing the voice of God, King Saul turned to an outside voice for direction. And this voice was anti-God and demonic. And so I'll say it again. All Christians have a voice they turn to when the going gets tough and it seems as though God is not saying anything. And so maybe I hope for you it's not a medium or a fortune teller. I said it several weeks back. I know you're tempted to go do fortune telling. Just don't do it. Just don't go. I don't know if it's that for you, but maybe it's Instagram. Maybe you run there and escape when life gets hard or stressful. Maybe it's a codependent friend. Maybe it's the TV. Maybe it's just a sinful habit like getting drunk or pills or pornography. When life gets hard and it seems as though God isn't speaking, do you have a place you run to that's a competing voice? And like King Saul, the reason you may not be hearing the voice of the Lord is because you're impatient. You're not waiting. Or the reason you may not be hearing the voice of the Lord is because there's so many competing voices, it's hard to hear. And again, I say to this, if the Spirit highlights things, it might be time to just submit those to the Lord. I mean, can we just consider how noisy this thing is? I mean, I know, I know, when I'm preaching, this thing competes. It competes. When you're at school, this thing competes. When you're at home with your family, this thing competes. And I am, if I'm honest, I don't know the solution. I don't. We could talk about screen time and accountability and filters. And it's really cool when you're really in it, you're in it. But after two weeks, it goes away. I don't really know the answer, but can we just agree that this thing is noisy and I'm not hounding. This is a great tool from the Lord. It's awesome. I can talk to my brother that lives in Philadelphia and right now, and I can send encouraging scripture and have all these Bible software right here on my phone. But almost more than that, is it not a gift? It's just competing voices. And again, I don't really know the solution to make this in a mass change. But if this competes for you so much that you have an inability to really hear from the Lord, just submit that to him. And bring in accountability. Figure something out. Because I can tell you this, that I've never experienced the joy on Instagram that I experience when I hear the voice of the Lord speak to me. And on and on, the examples could go. That one was for free. That wasn't even in my notes to say. <laughs> but just ugh, be honest. And right now, when you're feeling good, like, yeah, I need accountability. Act on that now. Because tomorrow, you're not going to feel that way. Tomorrow, when you're all alone and you're bored, it's going to, well, I don't really, I'm, I'm just going to just invite accountability in right, right now. 
because these things compete. And so my whole point in all of this is saying there are so many things that compete outside voices that, that fight to make us impatient. And if I can just simply say, don't be like King Saul, be like King David. King David was the master at being patient. Psalm 40, 1 through 2, David writes, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me. He heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog, and he set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. David waited on the Lord. And I don't know if you've ever caught this. What this verse is saying is that David was in a bad place. He was in the pit. He was struggling. He was wrestling with something. He had anxiety, fear. He was in a bad place. And can we agree that he probably was tempted to turn to the outside voices screaming for him, come here, come do this. This will make you feel great. This will take away your pain. Drink this. This will mask it. This will make you... He probably had outside voices tempting him, but instead, King David modeled it. He waited. He waited on the Lord. And this morning, the scripture came to my mind, Isaiah 40, 31. It says that they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The key word is wait, wait, wait. The flesh is impatient. The flesh wants it now, but the spirit says, just wait, just wait. Be still and know that I am God. Wait, wait. Counter that impatience with waiting. And perhaps as you wait, the voice of the Lord will meet you there. And it might take longer than you wanted. It might happen in a different way that you wanted. But if you wait on the Lord, he will draw near. Amen. Awesome. So as we begin to close, let me just share reason number three. The reason that you may not be hearing the Lord speak it might be the flesh, it might be competing voices, but the reason number three is you just may simply not know how God truly speaks. Did you know that God has a language? God has a way in which he speaks. I mean, we know this. I mean, we see it in husbands and wives. I, I, with, with Tara, there's times when we are dating, it's like, are you okay, Tara? I'm fine. <laughs> you're, you're fine? No, fine does not mean fine. <laughs> fine means something else. It's a language. There's a way in which couples speak to one another, friends speak to one another, professors or whatever context. Relationship involves language. And if you don't know how that one side speaks, you're going to miss a lot. I'm fine doesn't really mean I'm fine. There's a way. It's the same with God. I know that might be weird or tricky, but God speaks a certain way, and you might not know. And God doesn't just speak in one way. If I'm honest, I did not grow up in charismatic church. And I'm, all, I'm for it now. Like, it's the way to go. But it was foreign to me. I remember preaching. One of my first times preaching, 
And you know, I'm, I'm getting into it, the scripture, I'm passionate, and someone in the congregation, they just did this. And now I know what that means, but then I was like, do, do you have a question? Like, do you want, <laughs> can you save it to the end of the sermon? Now I know that now this is the Lord, he's moving, I'm, I'm raising my hand, but I didn't know. But in charismatic churches, what can happen is you hear a lot. God told me, God is speaking to me. God spoke to me, God showed me, and if, that, if you don't know how that operates in, what that can do to an outsider is go, I'll never be that spiritual. I'll never hear the voice of God like that. Can I just say, if that's you, that's a lie. That's a lie. Stop punting away the super spiritual voice hearers to those people. You can be that too. You can hear God speak. You might just not know how he speaks. And that's what this series is all about. To help equip and teach you how it is that God speaks. He doesn't just speak audibly. Some of you may have stories where he did speak to you audibly. That's awesome. I don't have that story. I have lots of stories of God speaking to me in my inner spirit. I could tell you lots of those. I have a lot of times where I did hear God speak to me audibly, and it was right here as I read it on the page. But I also have times where Pastor Ron or someone speaking to me, and I'm like, that was the Lord. Where a brother or sister in Christ comes up and encourages me. I just found one the other day, a big letter written by a church congregant with a prophetic word for me, and it was spot on, and it's still spot on. That was the Lord. There's been hard seasons in my life where it just is awful. And overarching it all was the Lord speaking to me. There are so many ways the Lord speaks. You just might not know that it's him. And so point number three is really just a setup for the rest of the series. You might not know how God speaks and that's okay. Because the Lord wants you to stay planted here. So you can be equipped to hear how it is that he speaks. Got it? Because I want to remind you, last thing, and then we'll, you will stand, I will sit. <laughs> what, Perry, what Pastor Larry Stockstill told me, I say to you, all God asks of us, really, is that we be just good listeners. And if we can seek him and hear his voice, he will speak the right thing at the right time in the right way that will lead us forward because he's good. And he loves us, and we need that voice to speak to us. And so may we just be really good hearers as we learn how it is God speaks to us. Amen. All right, let's stand together. <clears throat> so as we close out our time we're just going to spend a few minutes worshiping God. I encourage you, don't run off. Maybe this is a time that you can really ask the Lord to speak to you in just a few minutes. As, the, as we worship, let's just put all of our attention on the Lord, and then I'll dismiss us in a few minutes. Well, let me pray. Lord, we thank you. God, we thank you that you do love us. You desire to be in relationship with us. And Lord, I, I just pray this simple thing, God. I just ask, would you really make us good hearers, good listeners? 
Would you help us combat the flesh with the Spirit? Would you help us walk according to the Spirit and the way of the Spirit? Would you help us to put to death the way of the flesh? God, we know how, how much it is the flesh just competes for our attention. And Lord, I pray against every outside voice that would compete to distract us from hearing your voice. God, I pray in Jesus' name, you would give us wisdom. You would give us the strength, the boldness, just to put those things aside and to really lean to your voice. God, I pray that this season that we're about to step into, God, I pray that it would.